And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds in one accord to draw closer to the King of Kings and glorify his name. First, okay... I'm going to try and be nice, but more importantly, I'm going to try and be a biblical Christian. The idea of engaging with people who do not have faith is important for believers to participate in, because that's how the lost hear the truth. But Christians who are influenced by detestable people or detestable things need to distinguish biblical and separate engagements so they cannot be participating in fellowshipping with darkness. Ooh. Next, well, if God pulls his trigger and decides to annihilate everyone that has broken his covenant, then he would still be a just God or a God of justice. However, suppose he defers and grants mercy instead. In that case, he's being a merciful God and placing his mercy, his own mercy, ahead of his own justice. So we believe, trust, and hope that God, in our lives, has mercy triumph over justice. Yes. And finally, there is nothing on this earth or in this earth that is better than standing in the presence of God. I'm not talking uh, about church Bible study or prayer or any of the disciplines that we have in our Christian faith that help us connect to the Lord. Those are all awesome. But I'm talking about those moments in your life when you know that God is right there with you, that he's in you, that he's on you, and that he's walking with you. Do you know what allows his manifested presence to surround us? The answer is Jesus. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? All right, now you got to listen up. It's really important. You can reach out to us via email, david at org. That's during the show, okay? You just send an email, david at org. You can text us, and this is the only other way you're going to be able to reach us today. You can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. And the reason is is because I'm having to call in from my house in order to do the the show today, so we cannot use the other phone by which I'm calling in. So you need to either email or text, and then if you're really upset about that, you can write down the answers to anything like trivia, and then call me back up like on Wednesday and yell at me and tell me what the answers were. (laughs) That way at least you can still participate in it. Here's the bottom line. 
the bottom line is this. You're going to have perhaps a thought, an opinion, a question, a comment, something that's on your heart, something that's on your mind, something that's going on and you're just trying to get some answers to. Maybe you have a, uh, a prayer request that you just want people to join with you in their faith in. Maybe you've got a praise report that you want to share. Uh, it could be any of those things. Or maybe you even have an answer to Bible trivia. Like, uh, you know, Bible trivia, like uh, when Moses confronted Pharaoh, what did the staff turn into that he threw on the ground? When Moses confronted, what did the staff turn into? So Moses and Aaron are hanging out there. There was a staff. What did it turn into? Al is on fire today. Just nailing it down before I'm even getting through it. Good job, Al, by the way. Uh, so there's your trivia question. Here's the bottom line to all of it. It's not professional radio, and I feel in my heart as though today you could really understand that since I'm doing the entire radio show through a telephone. Okay, so you know it's not uh, it's not professional. Okay, got that. But it's also a lot of fun, and so we might as well enjoy it and participate and strengthen one another and bless one another. If anything you got on your mind or heart, you're welcome to reach out to us, and we'll be glad to pray for you on an all the time basis because we just think that praying for one another is a great thing to do as we see the day approaching. The show is a little bit like Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family, but some days we're just nutty. So I can't, I can't give you anything. That's all I can tell you. Some days, eh, what are you going to do? All right, so the trivia question. Uh, when Moses hanging out with Pharaoh, him and Aaron, they had the staff uh, was thrown down on the ground. What did that become? That's the question that you have to answer. Not too complex. Uh, in the meantime, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to cover. Let's see. Not too, Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I do have this one big thing. So I hope it doesn't click off while I'm doing this. So all of the new revision edits are done on my new book. What? Didn't you just release a book? Yes. But now there's another book, book number two, and that by the end of this week, beginning of next week, the new book will be out. I will be giving you more information as we go through it. That is book number two, and I completely finished all of my education for everything except my final project, and by the grace of God, I was able to maintain my high-standing GPA, which is really nice of the Lord, uh, considering that the last couple things I wrote were really lousy. So anyhow, that's the stuff that's going on. I'm just kind of giving you guys the uh, the update. All right, now let's go into the text, and the text that we're into is Ezra. And we're actually in Ezra, and we're at the end of chapter 9. And I want to be really careful with this, because we talked about this a little bit last week. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I don't want you to get a, a separatist mentality, but I want you to be aware of something very important. So in Ezra, in chapter uh, 14, it says, but now we again, breaking your commandments by intermarrying with people who do these detestable things, Ezra is talking about Israel marrying people who are anti-God. They're not, they're, they're not neutral people. They're anti-God people. And what Ezra is repenting for for the nation, even though he didn't do it personally, but he can come before the Lord and pray for his nation, just like you and I can, hint, hint, hint. And he says, forgive us for engaging at this level with these detestable people. Now, why is that important? Because Christians are not told to leave the planet. I mean, the rapture hasn't happened yet. 
that we're aware of. That was a joke. And we are supposed to engage with believers and non-believers, and we're supposed to be able to talk to non-believers, but we're not supposed to let the non-believing people influence our Christian faith. That's what Ezra's talking about. His concern for the nation of Israel is that they have allowed people that absolutely despise God to influence them, to marry into them, and then they've brought these anti-God, despisers of God people to their children. And Ezra's like going, Lord, we're so stupid. Why do we do this again and again? Why do we keep doing this? That's what he's asking. And he's asking for repentance. And again, we've mentioned this before. He's asking for repentance for a nation. Now, it's not something he personally did, but you can pray for your nation in in the things that your nation has done that is sinful. And in our case, I think abortion would be pretty high up on the list as well as many other things. But you're not going to tell me we killed millions of innocent life, innocent blood, and not have to ever pay a price. That's just absurd. And so we should be praying and asking God to forgive our nation for that. But the big text, the big thing in the text, is allowing people who have a detestable heart against God, who don't like God, hate God, are anti-God, allowing them to influence us as Christians. I will sadly tell you, hopefully the, hope, the phone won't cut out, I will sadly tell you how infiltrated this has become. In my master's degree, we had an open session discussion of about 30 people on the phone. These are all master, master of theology people having a discussion, and there were a few people in the class that believed that whatever they did, it should be done in such a way as not to offend the world, even to the point of compromising their standards to be able to share with them about Jesus. And a few of us who know that's just wrong <laughs> rose up in the in this discussion and explained that it is one thing to uh, to engage with people who are worldly or anti-Christian or anti-God and to engage back and forth, but it is another process altogether to allow them to change the way we think about God since they don't like God. That's like a non-Christian telling a Christian how to be a Christian. Doesn't work. Not okay. Not acceptable, is my nice way to say that. And you do not allow that to take place. And, and, and that was a very fiery <laughs> session. And uh, finally the professor, you know, by the grace of God, but the professor came in and said, you cannot become less of a believer and less morally standard uh, being under the influence of the world, otherwise you don't represent the light of Jesus Christ and they'll never see the light. And that was a kind of a great way to sum it up. So, All right, uh, trivia. I need to tell you what the trivia is, right? Yeah, don't forget trivia. I guess I just got that from my buddy. Trivia, what uh, did the staff turn into? A snake! Turned into a snake! Wow! All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. As I am, you reach down and see you. 
This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Because what we're getting is this snapshot of Jesus. And there's a lot of stuff that we do, a lot of stuff that we say, but at no point should anybody ever lose what's going on here. And when we get into our Philippians teach tomorrow, you're going to see how very specific Christology, the study of Christ, fits into play on Jesus Christ being honored uh, above all and understanding how that this snapshot of Jesus plays into or at least leads us into the understanding of the superiority of Christ. Nobody else was fully God and fully man, period. And so nobody else can represent God to man or man to God. So in this situation, we get to see that Darius, he has a 12-year-old daughter. She's dying. Not, uh, not good news. This woman who's got this bleeding issue, issue of blood, she comes up to Jesus, uh, touches him without saying anything. Jesus has restoration and healing for her in physical, social, and psychological aspects, which is just uh, wonderful if you think about how Jesus, Jesus cares about the whole person doesn't care about a part of a person, cares about every inch of you. If you're doing well physically, but you're not doing well psychologically, Jesus cares about that. If you're doing well psychologically and not doing well physically, Jesus cares about that. If you can't have contact with people and you feel like you're completely isolated, Jesus cares about that. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's right. It's pretty good that we can hit these cues so fast. This is the first time Captain Chris and I have done this together. So we're doing uh, we're doing pretty good as an overall, I think. Okay, here we go. As an overall, that's like uh, clothing. Uh, how many plagues did God send on Egypt? That should be really easy for most people. Sorry that you can't call in just today. Most of the time, you can you can let us know, uh, but you can text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three. 
So that's how you can text in. And then you can send an email to David at he must increase dot org. How many plagues? How many plagues? You guys need to know this. This is one that you kind of need to know. So I'm telling you, you need to know. So if you don't know, you need to know it. That's a nice way for me to say that. All right, so we don't think we'll have any other disconnects, but at any point, if we have to disconnect and call back in, just be patient. We'll get through. And uh, then the other thing is I still have a joke. Okay. I'm just – it's not going to change. I'm just <laughs> – okay, here we go. Now, it's a little funny, but you got to bear with it. Now, for those that get offended on this, well, you're putting up with this much of this of the show. You might as well just keep going. And remember, how many plagues? How many plagues? That's the question. you got to think, how many plagues? All right. There was a church where the preacher and the minister of music were not getting along. As time went by, this began to spill over into worship service. The first week, the preacher preached on commitment and how we should all dedicate ourselves to the service of God. And the music director led the song, I Shall Not Be Moved. The second week, the preacher preached on tithing and how we should all gladly give to the work of the Lord. And the director, worship director did the song, Jesus Paid It All. The third week, the preacher preached on gossiping and how we should all watch our tongues. And the music director led the song, I Love to Tell the Story. With all this going on, the preacher became very frustrated over the situation. And the following Sunday, he told the congregation he was considering resigning. And the musician, uh, the music leader led the song, Oh, Why Not Tonight? And it came to pass, the preacher did indeed resign. The next week, he informed the church that it was uh, the Lord who led him here and the Lord who was taking him away. And then the music leader did the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. <laughs> So funny. Okay, that is pretty funny, folks. If you're not laughing, check your pulse. Uh, How many plagues did God send on Egypt? I'm telling you right now, we are not getting the correct answers. Everybody has to do a rethink on that. Uh, This segment that I want to do, I want to do this, uh, I want to be careful whenever I'm doing personalized stuff, but I think it's important for us to grasp. The next portion of Ezra's prayer says this, and I want you to understand, and I don't want, I'm not trying to, um, I'm definitely not trying to scare anybody or anything like that, okay? But I want you to be aware that when we say God is in control, God is in control, I mean, that's just like, just stop, stop trying to, you know, no, no, stop. Here's what Ezra said. Surely your anger will destroy us. Surely your anger will destroy us. Even this little remnant will no longer survive. Even so, God of Israel, you are just. Okay. It's a very tough text. I'm trying to keep it in the context of all the other material. Remember, this is a prayer of repentance, and Ezra has come before the Lord, and he's like, we messed up. We're just, we're just not doing good. And you find there's going to be answers in redemption in just a minute towards the end of the prayer, but at this point, he's like, we're really, we're not where we need to be. And Ezra says something that is very, very important for you and I to understand. He says, even if you destroy us, you would be just. He doesn't want God to destroy him. 
He doesn't want God to destroy the remnant that's there for Israel. It's not what he wants. What he's trying to say is, if you decided as a God of justice, as a God of judgment, as a God of holiness, that we have pushed the line too far, and you have decided to eliminate, that you would be just in that. You would be righteous in that. He's going to ask him not to do that, right? But the point that I'm trying to make here is that if God does drop any judgment on anybody for anything— it's never, um, it's never like lighthearted, or, or it's never like not thought through. It's never uh, unconsidered. Anytime God does anything like that, it's deeply profound and deeply purposeful. And the Lord would be right at any point if He eliminated the entire planet. Not one, not you, not me, not any other person could ever say a word about it. So we'd be wrong. Because God is perfect in his judgment and perfect in his justice. He's not going to do that, and he's made that commitment to us not to do that. But it's important for us to understand that our position is a surrendered position of appreciation and awareness that it is only because God has operated with us and chosen his mercy to triumph over his judgment, that is the only reason why we are still engaged with God. It's not because you and I are super righteous. In fact, when Israel, uh, in Deuteronomy, there's a portion where God even tells Israel through Moses, you know, you weren't chosen because you're just so much better than everybody else. You were chosen because all those people were worse. In other words, <laughs> they were super bad. And the idea behind that is... God chooses as God chooses. And again, I'm not trying to fear anybody. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to you know, make anybody. I just want you to understand that God is sovereign. He is in charge. His judgments are perfect. If he elects not to execute his judgment, but elects to choose his mercy, it is his decision. Nobody can stand before the throne and argue. That's my point. And I think that's an important, humble place to be. It's, it's, it's really, well, I guess it's really tied to the Beatitudes about recognizing our spiritual lack and the, the, the deep need for us to mourn and cry, and then also that deep need for us to have a genuine a meekness and a humility that covers over us. God gives us break after break after break after break after break because he's merciful. And we need to recognize that. And that's what Ezra's just doing, that exact thing. He said, we, we did it again. We did it for years. And then we rebelled against you. And if you decided to eliminate this little remnant so it no longer survives, you would be just. But we're, but, but we're hoping you're not doing that. And he, he doesn't do that. God does it. But I want you to see, to, uh, to understand that if God does allow you to go through something, there's always a reason. There's always a purpose. His mercy threads through all the things he does with his kids. So for us, because we are his kids, there's always the silver lining. There's always the all things work together for good. But that is not the case for every human being. It is not the case for every person. 
And you need to understand that you, being a child of God, have favor from God. Not, listen to what the passage says, because it's a lot of people read it and then they just use the first half of it. All things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Not all things work together for good for everybody. No, it doesn't say that. And God has orchestrated your life and my life because of his mercy. Nothing we deserve, but because of his mercy, that it will always have have a silver lining, even if what we go through has a lot of toughness to it. Okay? I would love to use the example of my leg, but I really think that my leg is more my own stupidity than anything else. So I'm not even dropping that in that direction. I just think uh, I'm an idiot, and I slipped on water, and then I did too much too fast, and God was probably up there going, he's an idiot. You know, it's just like... (laughs) Like, that's how I see it. But that's just me. That's just me personally. I'm just saying. The idea behind this is for you and me to have a great reverence of who he is. He loves you. He loves you and has coordinated your life for you to have victories in places you never even dreamed possible, never even thought possible. And he is for you and he is with you. But respect that. Respect him. Honor him. Be in reverence of him. That's what the fear of the Lord is, to be in awe and appreciation and reverence and, and uh, acknowledgement. Lord, you, you keep me going. If you didn't pour your mercy out upon me, I'd be gone, and it would be just. That spirit, that attitude, that's the one we need to have. Okay? All right. Uh, trivia. Let's see. Trivia. There he goes. <laughs> I said trivia, and then Chris writes trivia. <laughs> see? Yeah, that's good. We're in sync. Uh, how many plagues did God send on Egypt? Ten. There are ten plagues. Ten plagues that were uh, dropped on Egypt. Uh, and we're still going to deal with one more, so you guys don't, don't depart from that area, because I want to I still deal with that one last section about that main plague, because that's a powerful one. All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life it feels like I've been running, running and running and running. Are you sitting there at home on your computer? Are you driving along in your car just listening to the radio? Is that app for this station working for you? Don't you wish you could reach people for your business? Introducing the commercial whammy. It slices, it dices, it cleans up dirty spots, lickety split, and makes julienne fries. And right now, for a tremendous discount, you can have a commercial whammy too. All you need to do is call KAAM or send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and bam! You have your own commercial whammy before you know it. Call now and you can get a second commercial whammy for half the price. That's right. Call now for your very own commercial whammy. 972-445-1700 or email davidspoonmedia at gmail.com. Don't delay. Call today. Operators are standing by. What is the David Spoon experience? These are church signs. Now, some of these are okay, but some of these are funny. So, uh, and, and we let 
uh, Terrific TV, the ultimate uh, decision maker. Here it is. There's uh, 10 signs. We'll do them real fast. The first one, free trip. This on a church. Free trip to heaven. Details inside. Okay. Not bad, right? Not bad. All right. Here's the next one. Try our Sundays. They're better than Baskin Robbins. (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, This is funny because you got to hear it as I do it. Searching for a new look? Have your faith lifted here. <laughs> Instead of face hey, lifted? Hey, Come on. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Uh, an ad for a church uh, with a picture of somebody holding two stone tablets where the Ten Commandments are, and it says, for fast, fast, fast relief, take two tablets. <laughs> Okay. I'm not even going to disagree with you on that one. Uh, The restaurant next to the church put out a big sign that says, Open Sundays. Uh, That's not a good one. Just skip that one altogether. Uh, Okay. Having trouble sleeping? We have sun in and here. Come in and pray today. Beat the Christmas rush. Oh, he's going Christmas. <laughs> All right. Uh, this was on a sign in front of a church. Sign broken. Message inside this Sunday. <laughs> so they're saying the sign is broken. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, come work for the Lord. The work is hard. The hours are long and the pay is low, but the retirement benefits are out of this world. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. Hey, 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 and then uh, finally, if you're headed in the wrong direction, God allows U-turns. <laughs> U-turns. Hey, 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 hey. Not bad. All right? That's all right. right? It's pretty good. A little funnier than the clown ones. Yeah. <laughs> Very funnier than clown ones. A little funnier than clown ones. I have to think that Try Our Sundays are better than Basket Robbins. That's a good one. <laughs> That's what I like. Okay. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here you go. Here you go. we got uh, two more trivia questions. Let's do this one real quickly. What was the final plague that convinced Pharaoh to let the slaves go? What was the final plague? plague. If you think you know the answer to that, then you want to text in. So you can't call in. Sorry, can't call, can't call, can't call. But you can text in 214-210-8483. What was the final plague? And then if you want to send an email, david at he must increase dot org. That's david at he must increase dot org. And then Chris doesn't know I'm going to do this, so I'm going to do this, and he's just going to play it real fast and then tell me I'm back on. But I also want you guys to go to the website because the giving is important and you guys are really faithful and I appreciate it, but sometimes I got to just, you know, get the get the squeaky wheel, you know, it's got to squeak a little louder uh, every once in a while. So please check out hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, that's excellent. See, now I can hear it. The way that, that Chris, Captain Chris has it set up, I know when it's coming to an end, so that's kind of nice. Okay, uh, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Okay, uh, what was the final plague that convinced Pharaoh to let the slaves go? That's the thing. And then I also actually still have, you know, we're still a show that operates in, you know, 
uniqueness. Uh, we still have our history, so let's go ahead and do our history sound. Let's go, let's go. Today is Alaska Day. Uh, I have many relatives who have been to Alaska, done those cruises. Everybody says it's just amazing. I've not yet been there, but the reason it's Alaska Day, for those that do not know, is that we purchased Alaska on this day in 1867 uh, from Russia for $7.2 million. No wonder they don't like us. Anyway, uh, it's also No Beard Day. I don't know. Almost everybody I know has a beard. Uh, National Meatloaf Appreciation Day. I'm going to assume that's the actual food and not the singer, so I'll just leave that there. And then uh, finally, it's National uh, Chocolate Cupcake Day. Come on. Chocolate Cupcake Day. Come on. That's just like yummy. Uh, 1851 on this day, Moby Dick by uh, Herman Melville was first published. Uh, 1925 on this day, the Grand Old Opry in Nashville, Tennessee opened up. And in 1954, Texas Instruments announced the first transistor radio. Always interesting when there's a radio, a little radio thing there. Okay? All right. All right, we did that, we did that, our trivia question, we did our sign. We're doing pretty good. Uh, final plague that convinced Pharaoh to let the slaves go. Okay, that's the, uh, uh, that's the last, or not last trivia, but the current trivia question. All right, I want to get into this next part because it's, oh, so good. All right, so we've been talking about, uh, I think I've covered everything. So, Chris, just IM me if I miss something. Uh, we're talking about Ezra. He's doing this massive prayer, and this prayer is really, uh, you know, about repenting for the nation. They allowed the worldly influence to overwhelm them. Now, the church does do this, falls into this every once in a while, where the worldly uh, system somehow uh, grabs hold of the church for some reason, and everybody thinks it's a great idea to do, to do worldly systems. We can all be repenting and praying for that, even if we're not the immediate or direct cause of that problem. We can always intervene and pray and, and repent on the behalf of. And so he does that, and he, he acknowledges, look, we, we're just thankful that you're merciful, which is like good, good call, good way to go about that. And then he says, uh, uh, you know, he finishes up, oh, Lord God of Israel, you are just. We stand before you in our guilt— as nothing but an escaped remnant, though in such condition, none of us can stand in your presence. <laughs> I love it. There's this one. I'm going to read it again, but you got to understand why it's incredible. We stand before you in our guilt as nothing but an escaped remnant, though in such condition, none of us can stand in your presence. Can't do it. Can't stand in the presence of God with the sinfulness that we have, independent as we are, with the, the, the character that we have and the sin that we have and the moral debt that we have. You can't stand in the presence of God, which is, you know, makes a big problem there if you ever want to go to heaven, which is, you know, the house of the presence of God. Uh, big issue right there. And the only way to do it is through 
Jesus. Before, you could not stand in the presence of God because you were just not right or righteous enough. Remember, the Old Testament's looking forward to Jesus. The New Testament looks back towards Jesus. Actually, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection are really the center of time, although a lot of people don't understand that. But the bottom line is now... We are in a place, because of Jesus, that we can go into the presence of God any time we want. And I want you to understand that difference. In the Old Testament, the high priest went in, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, he went into the presence of God to deal with the sins of the nation. Through Jesus, Hebrews chapter nine and verse uh, Hebrews chapter ten, verse nineteen through twenty-two. Through Jesus, we have a new and living way. That word "living," the new and living way, means it's not based on tradition. It has a life. It has its own life. And the living way is through Jesus and the sacrifice that He made for us. So now you can pray, just so we can understand this. Any single day, any single time, in any single place, you can call upon the name of the Lord. There, there are those that have a proposal, theological proposal, that you must look towards you know, Jerusalem to do it. And it's like, nope, that's the New Testament, 86 that. That's not correct. It's just not right. It's not that you shouldn't or couldn't. It's just not required. What's required is that you access the very Holy of Holies through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And now, instead of picking and choosing only select times for worship and for enjoying his presence, his presence is available to us through Jesus, 365-24-7. So when, when I say to myself... I could be spending time with God instead of doing this, that, or whatever. It sounds holy-ish, and sometimes I think it probably is holy. It's kind of a little bit of a holiness thing there. But it's a reality that because of Jesus, I can select any time I want to throughout the day, morning, afternoon, evening, night, middle of the morning, middle of the night, and I can talk to God, and he will listen. And that privilege that he's given us, that space, that graciousness that he has given us, because he enjoys us and wants to spend eternity with us, that he wants you, you know what, I'm going to say this, you're going to think I'm crazy. Yeah, maybe. He wants you to take advantage of it. He wants you to use that. He wants you to come into his presence. He doesn't want Christians who are Christians Sunday morning and Wednesday night only. He wants a relationship for eternity with his children. And he wants you to take advantage of that access that Jesus provided for us. He wants it. He provided it through Jesus Christ. We are no longer the Israel that cannot stand in his presence. We are the Israel that through Jesus Christ can come to his presence anytime we want. 
when I'm having a hard time, I, I do this, I'm not sure if other people do this, when I'm having a hard time, before I do my good faith stuff, I usually spend a couple of minutes, I don't want to say complaining, but maybe griping. Like, well, why did you let this happen kind of attitude? Or couldn't we have done this different? I've, I've said that to God many times. I'm just being honest. Like, you could have done that differently, <laughs> right? Like, like, I know. Like, I know what I'm talking about. That's the big t- deal about Job and God. Job was in trouble because he justified himself and not God. He blamed God, and he justified himself. And when we blame God and justify ourselves, that's we come with that attitude of, you could have done this different, you could have been better at God, at your God position, this could have happened differently. And that's the lack of humility, that's the lack of recognition, and it's an arrogance on our part. And we got to lose that and recognize that now, in Jesus, any time you want you can come into the presence of God through Jesus Christ that's a gift that's an eternal gift isn't that amazing wow okay uh, to the trivia what was the final plague that convinced Pharaoh to let the slaves go the firstborn son of all the Egyptian families and the animals as well animals and people all died so we know when God wants to drop judgment, real judgment is really serious. And for us, we're graced enough where he just rebukes us as his kids. It's small discipline to what we deserve, right? All right. You're listening to the David Swin Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a short break, then come back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? I cannot wait, though. I have to do this particular sound. We might interrupt uh, while I'm doing the teaching, but I got to do the sound because it is time for Bible Baloney Beatdown. Hello. Hello. It's now time for David Spoon's Bible Baloney Beatdown. Bible Baloney Beatdown. I'm not your brains out of your head, any. <laughs> I can't believe I'm allowed to do that. I love that. Anyhow, uh, Bible Baloney Detail has to do with the kingdom of God. So there are people that go, well, you know, in Scripture there's so many contradictions. Like what about when Jesus said, if you're for me, uh, then you're not you're not against me. If you're against me, you're not for me. And they kind of mix it all up and so on and so forth. Let me just help out and just kind of set the record straight, keeping it simple. There are two. Now watch what I'm going sh- to show you. There are two. Okay, watch. Somewhere between one and three. There are two. Okay, here you go. One more time. There are two kingdoms. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your mind when I say this. There is the kingdom of God. Right? Everybody would agree. Okay, got it. Seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And then there is any other attempted kingdom. The kingdom of God, and then there's any other attempted kingdom. The kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of men, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter what it is. There's the kingdom of God and all the other ones. Okay? or And they're all just wrapped up into one thing. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdoms that are not the kingdom of God. (laughs) That's all we got. That's all it is. 
Luke chapter 9, verse 49 through 50, John responded, Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow us. Verse 50, don't stop him, Jesus told him, because whoever is not against you is for you. Keeping this in context, the person is not opposed. This is very important. The person is not opposed, but for the kingdom of God. He's not neutral. He's a kingdom advancer. He's somebody that is advancing the kingdom, casting out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. And John is like, well, he's not one of us. Okay, that's a whole separate sermon, a whole separate issue, which I'm sure your pastor has taught on many times. And that is the last thing that you need are a whole bunch of more people just like you. Or just like me. We need people to be like Jesus. And they don't need to follow us exactly. They need to follow Jesus. And I don't want to have, I don't want to reproduce a thousand me's. I want people reproducing being Jesus. Because I'm not going to do anything, but people who are more like Jesus, they make a difference. And in context, this person was advancing the kingdom by driving out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. He's a kingdom advancer. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Don't forget it's Man, the truth station here in Texas. Big props for our Captain Chris, who's enabled us to do this uh, broadcast as well as we've been able to do it. Uh, it's pretty good through a phone, so I'm pretty appreciative of that. So keep him in your prayers and let him know when you call in that you appreciate him. Here is your final trivia question. It's not a trick question, so I don't want you to guys to be overthinking it, okay? Here you go. When Pharaoh changed his mind and sent his army after Israel, where did they meet them at? Okay, that's all. Don't don't overthink it. Don't 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 do it. When Pharaoh changed his mind and sent his armies after Israel, where did they meet Israel at? Where did they meet them at? Okay, location, location, location. That's what we're doing on that one. The other thing I do want to tell you is most of the time, most people will know during the show, I will often text either during or immediately thereafter the show. When you've texted me, I have to wait to do all of my texts till like five minutes after the show is over. So if you get a text from me, don't be surprised. We're not trying to spam you or anything like that. I'm just replying to your text to let you know I appreciate that you, you, know, you reached out to us. Uh, but I can't do it till after. So just kind of telling you ahead of time. Uh, and then on Wednesday, so tomorrow's going to be a replay, but a really good one, specifically chosen. So I hope you guys will listen. But on Wednesday, I will give you the update on the book stuff. So that should be pretty exciting. Um, very excited about it. And you will get that in info as we go. All right, last trivia question again. When Pharaoh changed his mind, sent his army after Israel, where did they meet them? Where did they, like, you know, we're going to go get them. Where did they meet them? That's the big question. Last part of this uh, teaching is kind of, uh, it's not, uh, it's definitely not funny, but it, it's, it's a little bit of a switch in what we're talking about. So in the first three segments, we talked about understanding that we should not be influenced by the world. It's not that you don't have fellowship with people in the uh, – let me rephrase that. It's not that you don't engage with people who are uh, – 
not of the same faith. It's not that you don't talk to them. That's kind of a weird thing to do. That's kind of what monks do, unless you're a monk, you probably don't want to do that. But it, it does mean you don't let the influence of the world and the worldly pollute your Christianity. You don't have fellowship to the degree where they influence you. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. That's how that goes. The, the next thing in the discussion we had is the next thing in Ezra's prayer where we talked about, look, God is a God of justice. The fact that he has not destroyed us is his mercy, and we'll take, we take it. We appreciate it, but we also recognize God is just in everything he does, whether people like it or not. You know, it's like just the other day somebody said on TV, well, if God was just, then why does he allow war and famine? Well, this is a very simple reason. Man told God he would run, that man kind of would run the world without God, and it's the result of sin. That's why. So there's no, <laughs> you blame God, it was our fault. So that's the second thing. Then the third thing is understanding that as a remnant, they, they couldn't even stand in the presence, because of all the sin and iniquity, they couldn't even stand in the presence of the Lord. But now, because of Jesus Christ, we can come to the presence of God any time we want. And I, I, I think it's... I. I'm not sure it's great that we've set up Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings as the as the ticket. I just don't think that's the best way to do it, which is why we talk about DNA being a daily process. Here's the last thing. This is Ezra chapter 10, and there's like after this, there's only like two more teachings for Ezra, and then we get into Nehemiah, and we're just going to keep following the book as it leads. It says this in chapter 10, verse 1, while Ezra prayed and made his confession, weeping and throwing himself to the ground in front of the temple of God, a large crowd of people from Israel, men, women, and children, gathered and wept bitterly with him. So as Ezra is making his plea, as he is beseeching God to have mercy, as he is recognizing that the world's influence has polluted their faith, and as he acknowledges that God is just, and that if God decides to do something, his justice reigns supreme, but we thank him for his mercy, that mercy triumphs over judgment. And as we understand that apart from Jesus, you can't stand in the presence of God, you can't even access the presence of God, as he's praying, the scripture says, he makes his confession, weeping and throwing himself to the ground in the front of the temple of God, a large crowd of people from Israel, men, women, and children, gathered and wept bitterly with him. The biggest part about that is... I gotta be really careful how I say this. God loves his people. And God loves his people at and they're they have different reactions and they do different things. But you don't want to be so starch in your Christianity that you won't fall down to the ground and weep before the Lord. You don't want to be so dignified that you won't dance before the Lord. You don't want to be so, well, that's not very dignified. Yeah, you're not going to like heaven very much. Because there's going to be a lot of falling down on the ground, a lot of dancing, a lot of singing, a lot of up and down, a lot of clapping, a lot of, that's going to be going on for millions of years. The idea is that we don't want to be so rigid that we feel that proper human behavior interferes with our honest expression to the Lord. Now, if you're more 
introverted than extroverted? Like Noel, I'm an extrovert. Dude, really? And Noel's more of an introvert. Really? She doesn't like to have displays. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But in the depth of who she is and in her heart, she has this desire to, to be like this, and God knows it, and that counts. God knows. She's, when she prays and asks for help and forgiveness, in her heart, she's weeping before the Lord. She's throwing herself on the ground. Guess what? We'll be doing that for real down the road, but just allow yourself to be human before the Lord. He doesn't, he's not looking for dignified starch. He's looking for genuine. Jesus said that the Pharisee who went in and said, well, I'm so good, and I tithe twice a week, and boy, golly, you're so lucky to have me, God, was not the person who left justified, but the tax collector who beat his breast and wouldn't even look up that person was justified. That's such a key in being willing to be, what's the word I want to say, vulnerable before God, not before other people. I know people do it, like in churches, people will do, they'll do worship, and everybody has different worship sets, and some people do worship to be noticed. I mean, there's no question that happens, okay? It does happen. But don't do that. Do worship to God. To him only, towards him only, for him only. Be that genuine, earnest, honest, I love you, God person. You don't, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. You don't have to uh, do what other people do, and be, but you don't have to be overly proper. You can just be who he made you to be. He created you as his kid. And, and I think of Ezra throwing himself on the ground and weeping. And at first you would think the people around him would think, this guy's like another butter. There's <laughs> something wrong here. But it says that the men, the women, and the children all gathered and wept bitterly with him. Oh, is that just like so... Oh. It's such a beautiful picture because they're, they're beseeching and asking and petitioning. And Steve wrote in and said, humbling. They're humbling themselves before God saying, help us. Right? When Manasseh used, Manasseh's the worst guy ever in all scripture. I mean, he, every other king, that guy's way the worst by, by, by leaps and bounds. But when he humbled himself, God heard him. And he dropped it. We said, uh, I, I need help. Then God heard him. And that made all the difference. And so he does this. And, and I, I like this. I mean, I, I, not many times have I done that, but I have, I have actually done that in, in private. The idea is it's okay just to be, uh, uh, throw yourself before the Lord. And, just, and if you need to do it in your own closet so that nobody's around, that's totally cool. You know that. Just. Oh, all the way before the Lord, just everything before him, lay it bare before the Lord. He knows anyway. One of the, my favorite things when I pray to the Lord, I'll say, you know, dot, da dot, da, da, da. And then I go, well, it's not like you don't know that. <laughs> and I know that sounds arrogant. I'm not trying to be arrogant. He knows it. But then I'll say, but I just, I need help in this. I don't understand. I just prayed that today. I just, you know, you know, 30 things happen in a row. And I was just like, okay, I, I don't know what's going on, but I need your help in this because I can't figure this out. And I know you know what's going on, but I don't know what's going on. I don't need to know what's going on, but I need your help. That's what I needed from the Lord was his help. 
And so you just that earnestness, that very, and again, I always go back to this, and I've told you guys this before. So the most honest prayer I ever prayed, and that's just the honest prayer, I'd rather it be honest, is that prayer when I prayed when the Lord delivered me from all the drugs that I did. I just told the Lord, I said, I, I haven't found anything better on your planet, but I need your help. You don't want me to do this. Get me out of this. I need, I need help. I can't do this by myself. And he loved me. And he freed me. And he protected me. Time and time and time again. He is amazing, isn't he? He is amazing. He's so good. All right. Uh, last trivia question, by the way. Uh, when Pharaoh changed his mind and sent the armies after Israel, where did they meet at? At the Red Sea. And I only want to bring this up real quickly to say this. They were at the Red Sea, a place where Israel didn't think they could go any further. And then God was like, watch this. And more miracles were manifest than they had already seen. God partnering with them all the way through. Isn't that cool? All right, folks, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.